hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. One minute, one minute, guys. Uh, before we continue the episode, I would like to let you guys know that this is an episode we recorded two or three weeks ago when the Book of Boba Fett Episode 2 first came out. So these are our thoughts and feelings on that episode in real time. So we hadn't seen anything past that when we recorded this. So uh, enjoy the show. Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars, the podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars. My name's Blake, and I'm here with the best hosts in the galaxy. Wait, who's that? The ever-elusive Grant. I'm back. And the funny one, Wesley. What's up, dorks? The commentator, Andrew. I'm here to make a proposal that's mutually beneficial. And our very own Jedi Archive, Dietrich. All right, I refuse to make trades. I would not make deals. <laughs> never make deals. That's how you win Monopoly. You never trade. You won't win Monopoly that way. Disclaimer. Do you have a Star Wars Monopoly? E- Do we? I say we as like we're... I threw it away the other day. No, you did not. No, you did not. <laughs> Shh, don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Wesley said, do we? Like, he, he, him and Diedrich are a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I kept the little Kylo Ren figure that came with it, though, no doubt. So, Grant, last episode was our one-year anniversary episode, and someone was obviously missing. Um, but I asked all the other guys, and I myself gave my, uh, my favorite part of being a part of Dork Wars Podcast, what this last year has meant to me and, and the rest of the guys. Um, so, Grant, I'm, I'm going to ask you. What has being part of Dork Wars the podcast meant to you? What is some of your favorite moments? It's been fantastic. I mean, you get to sit here and talk about Star Wars all the time, and, you know, that's always a good time. Uh, get to get on here and hang out with you guys and talk and have a good time talking about things that we enjoy. Um, on top of that, uh, one of my favorite things was negotiating my contract to get back this year. Um, my fee went up, so uh, glad to be back now. Uh, Andrew, that's true. Our, our wonderful Andrew offered me a deal I couldn't refuse. True. Two times zero is still zero. That's hey, true. No, he he plus one, plus one. Yeah, so it's three times zero. Ha ha. Anyway, no, but in all <laughs> in all seriousness, it's a it's been a fun time, and I enjoy hanging out with you guys, and that's just the best part. Very very cool. We are touched. glad to. Uh... Oh, Yoda didn't touch you, but Grant did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know so, something about the sincerity of Grant as opposed to uh, the snark of Yoda. I, well, honestly, I don't believe that Yoda did not touch you. I was a very ugly child when I came uh, up in the order. Yoda touched me, if you know what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know, know what, what you're saying. saying. That's, what are you that trying is, to allude that is, to? That is, are you, are you that making is allegations? The, that is going to be the end. Are you strong <laughs> in the Force? My lawyer, present he must be. Or is the Force oh. strong in you? 
in ending our one year anniversary festivities this episode apparently let's get into our news now hear this now hear this now hear this now you hear this whoever you are So a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Harrison Ford rumors that he was going to reprise his role as Han Solo for Star Wars somewhere. And then last week, or it may be when this is released, it may be two weeks ago, but um, our last episode, we were talking about how I was kind of right, Han Solo is coming back, but in a comic book. But now, I may have been right the whole time, because there are rumors swirling around that Harrison Ford is going to reprise his role as Han Solo in the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, Wait, okay. rumors? Or? Really? They're going to de-age Han Solo. Well, the they already they... have a young, a younger-looking Han. Why not just use the guy who played him in Solo? Because that movie did so well, they really wanted to bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> nice sarcasm. <laughs> I'm tired of the sass on this, <laughs> on, on this podcast, all right? First it's Yoda, and now it's great out of nowhere. I can't take it, and it's tearing me up. You're not allowed to have opinions, Dietrich. <laughs> uh, don't you know opinions are not okay? <laughs> you can't Let's have opinions. This is whatever, the whatever you galaxy. think. I want the opposite idea. Let's go. This uh, podcast is only facts, so can you stop speaking from your heart? You got to use logic. Remember, we are we are supported <laughs> by the Empire. No, that's Star Trek. That's Star Trek, guys. Uh, logic is Star Trek. But uh, the rumor is that they're going to de-age Harrison Ford in the way that they de-aged Luke Skywalker for the uh, season finale of de-aged, Mandalorian. Uh, uh, de-aged season Mark Hamill. I didn't so, know Luke Skywalker was an actual person. Uh, have you met him before? Oh, oh he's me. not a person. I don't know if you understand anyway. this, but he's not a real person. <laughs> Mark Hamill. Dude, you just blew my mind. Like... Are you saying Santa Claus isn't real too, bro? Like, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Right Let's now? not bring Santa Claus into this now. <laughs> if you start at Luke Skywalker, you move to next to Santa, and then and then it only gets worse from there. So I think this might be uh, a pretty cool thing if it's true. If Han Solo does return um, to to the Book of Boba Fett, and he is played by Harrison Ford, and they de-age him, what I'm excited about is. The, the guy on YouTube, I think it was on YouTube, that made his own uh, Luke Skywalker scene. Yeah, you guys remember that? I know we great. reported on it um, a couple months back. Well, they hired that guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember apparently. hearing that. That's, that's the scuttlebutt. Um, yeah, so maybe he's going to do a really good job making Han Solo look young. The scoundrel himself. Will he have a beard? Mm. I, I don't know. I feel like he should. Is that your type? Personally, I think the beard is an important character aspect of an older, more wise Han Solo. Who still makes horrible decisions. Han Solo's older and wiser self went back to, to running bad deals. That's in the other timeline. <laughs> I don't know oh. if you remember. It's a part of a different timeline. Oh, true. Okay. Okay. But uh, do, you, do you guys want to see Han Solo on Book of Boba Fett? No. Let's bring out Dash Rindar. Yes. Yes to Dash. Oh, yeah. Dash and anything. My bold prediction for the end of the series when Han Solo shows up is that uh, he's going to freeze Boba Fett and, and Carbonite. <laughs> it, it was like poetry. Oh, dude, that'd be <laughs> kind of sick. And he's going to hand him on the Falcon Wall. That would rhyme. Boba Fett and Carbonite because Han was in Carbonite. That does rhyme. Moving on now, The High Republic Fallen Star released on January 4th, the, uh, the last novel 
in this in the uh, High Republic series that we know of right now for this right. phase. I think there's going to be phases to this stuff. Um, so I've already downloaded the book and I'm currently listening to it on Audible. It's it's pretty good so far. Um, I know Grant and Wesley are still listening to Rising Storm, right? Yeah, I'm almost done with the second. Uh, I, I am behind, but I will catch up. <laughs> and you were so ahead before. Well, you know, life happens. You get married. You don't have time for anything anymore. Well, I really hope that Grand Admiral Thrawn isn't listening right now, because uh, that probably is going to hurt his feelings. He, he's too busy filming for the Ahsoka series. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm excited to see where the book goes. Um, I guess some things should be answered. We should get some closure. It's going to be a great book. So now I'd like to uh, shout out one of our fans from Facebook, uh, Mr. Brian Lazara. I hope I didn't butcher your name, sir. Um, so we posted a picture of uh, Reto, Greedo's brother, on Facebook last or this past week and on Twitter and all that. And I said uh, in the post, this is Reto, Greedo's brother. We've decided to name this guy this because how many Rodians are there on Tatooine? And he commented, and what do we name the fan? Oh, no, that's that's not exactly how it went. Diedrich also said that Redo, or excuse me, Blue-O, Yellow, and Orange-O need to come up too because we got Redo and Greedo. Get the and whole squad. Power Rangers squad. So Brian said, and what do we call the family? Rainbow? Oh, and I got a man. humongous laugh. I'm going to tell you what, it caught me. At just the right time, because I read it, dude, and I literally laughed out loud. You know how some people type LOL, but you know they typed it with a really straight face? Nah, dude. It was definitely like spit take. I don't know. It just hit me in the funny bone. So I told him, I was like, that's a good one. Might have to shout you out on our next episode. Well, it's our next episode. Brian Lazara, that was a good one. If it makes you happy, (laughs) then it makes me happy, Blake. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. You had to be there. You had to be there. If you would have read it with me... At that time, maybe maybe you would have laughed too. I think what it is, Wesley, you're not a dad. That's that's <laughs> definitely a dad joke. If you were a dad, you would find that hilarious. Yep, I'm not a dad as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like ignorance to me. <laughs> that's the important part. Papa was a rolling stone. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> you ain't got to pay child support in bliss, I guess, right? Go ahead and set up a permanent address in Bliss. <laughs> I had the same attorney as Master Yoda. Been dodging those charges for years now. <laughs> you stupid, dude. Time's up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, Dork Wars the Podcast has a merch store. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door. We've got Dork Wars the shirt, we have Dork Wars the hoodie, we have Dork Wars the coffee cup, and I've just been notified that we have Dork Wars the prosthetic arm, so Darth Vader, if you're listening, we've got something for you. Never know what you're going to find on the uh, Dork Wars merch store. This week, we're actually going to give a promo code for $5 off any item in the store. We're going to make that code BOBA, and uh, if you don't know how to spell BOBA, then you're probably not watching the Book of Boba Fett. And if you're not watching the Book of Boba Fett, you're probably not listening to our podcast. So uh, I'm literally speaking to no one here. Um, So the uh, promo code is going to be Boba for $5 off anything in the merch store. So 
go check it out. And you can get there by looking on our link tree. Search Dork Wars link tree on Google, and it'll pop up. So it's all on there. Dork Wars, the podcast, is affiliated with a, a lot of different podcasts. Uh, dorky podcasts about Star Wars, Marvel, Star Trek, anything that you can think of that's nerdy or dorky. Th- we got it covered at Red 5. So check out Red 5. Let's roll that promo. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. So if you haven't seen The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 2, Tribes of Tatooine, I advise you not to listen any further in the podcast. Go watch the episode, then come back and listen to us talk about it, because there are major spoilers coming up. This week, we are talking about The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 2, The Tribes of Tatooine. Okay, so I was I was thinking this thing earlier, and I was talking with Wesley about it because we're sitting right here across from each other right now. So we had a little chance to chit chat. Hello, <laughs> and I was like, it's an interesting title, and I feel like it's very fitting because not only are we learning more about the Sand People throughout the episode, or the more politically correct term, Tuscan Raiders, mm, but we're right, also learning about the different factions that seem to be operating on Tatooine now that Jabba's out of the picture. Yeah, like the all the different bureaucracies. That Boba has to interact with, right, right, and and so without spoiling too much more, because I'm sure we're going to talk about as we go through the episode. But at, throughout the episode, in, in, in general speaking, he's meeting a lot of different people and, and having to deal with some some new stuff he didn't know was there. Right, he he really does, and you get to see all these different um kind of not rulers per se, but kind of head guys in their communities around Tatooine, uh, definitely in Mos Espa. And you're learning more about how they've kind of, it seems like they've had a little bit more power since Jabba's been gone. I don't know if Bib Fortuna just didn't have that same tight grip that Jabba did. I doubt that he did, man. Bib Fortuna is always a second fiddle guy. Like he, I, I don't even know how he'd be as a ruler. I'd be interested in seeing a comedy show about Bib Fortuna trying to rule Jabba's empire. I'd be interested to see, like, honestly, I, I really, really, really love that character who is, like, the mayor's assistant. I can't remember the name of him. Uh, yeah, he's funny. I like him. The Major. He's Space Hobbit. The Major Domo. Major the, Domo. Uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It, that's I, it. Dude, I love him. I love his, like, it's almost like British comedy where it's just, like, it's near anti-comedy where it's he's just, I, I just love the way he communicates. It's so direct, but also so undermining. Yeah, at the end of the last episode, he's like, there might be more people coming to see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's very polite. Expect a visit. Yeah, he's, right, he's, but he's very, very polite. polite. Expect a visit because A politician. Not... A true politician. <laughs> Is he scum and villainy? Yes, but he's polite about it. <laughs> and then I also love uh, his line, as they're kind of going in, a little bit of a spoiler here as we're going to the episode, but as he's going in to see the the mayor... He's like, oh, he's busy. Oh, and then as he's pushing through, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, and finally, kind of like, well, he's in the room. I guess I better introduce him. <laughs> oh man, but yes, uh, this episode was great. Uh, I liked it a lot. It really took off. It's it's going in a great direction. Very westerny. Um, I like how they did 
the present day stuff in the first half of the episode, and maybe not even the whole first half. I, no, it may not have even been a whole half a episode. That's nah, actually it, something I would like maybe. to mention real quick, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. But last episode was about thirty-five minutes, including the credits. This episode Correct. was fifty-three minutes or fifty-two minutes, including credits. Was it? I think it was forty. I thought it was forty-four. No, it was like well, it's it might be like something. it was like fifty something total with credits, and I know the oh. credits are like four okay. or five minutes long. So, but yeah. still, that extra all these fifteen minutes languages. that they added felt like an eternity. It yeah, felt it's so long. It really I did. It, it made the episode seem seem way longer than the. But last I don't one. mean it in a, in that it dragged it out. I mean in that every time that they would get to like a story arc, I'd be like, oh, this has got to be the end of the episode. And then there would be another scene, and I'd be like, oh, "What?" Yeah, and the major, um, the major complaint that I saw most from fans on Facebook, Twitter, and all that about the first episode was that it just wasn't long enough. Uh, they yeah. they wanted more, and this episode definitely delivers on that. I'm actually of the opposite uh, the opposite side. I felt like this episode was too long, and uh, I felt like there was just too much of running around and not much going on during the present day stuff that it just kind of felt like it was just there to have a story for the present day and not just a, a complete flashback episode. Oh, oh, I setting up though. Yeah. I completely yeah. disagree. I, I, what I mean, I know it's setting stuff up, but like Boo. it is setting stuff up. And I think that this is going to be, and I, I already actually talked to Blake a little bit about this earlier. I think this is going to be my absolute favorite episode of the series. I think this is going to be equivalent to uh, the Mandalorian episode where it really one scene captured the entire thing where the two stormtroopers are trying to shoot at like a can and they can't hit it. This is my favorite episode, I think, and I it'll be very hard to top this. Especially, yeah, I also to last said episode. after finishing, I was like, this is probably one of the best things I've seen Disney do. They, this one episode in particular, it, it they went better hard on the Tuscan Raiders, dude. They went like we've never we've never expanded into the Tuscan Raiders, and I would argue what they did with the Tuscan Raiders made it. Star Wars, because Star Wars is always about a great adventure into an unknown thing. Yes, which is what we're seeing unfold with Boba Fett. Yes, we don't know. We we only knew Tusken Raiders as like a savage tribe before. Exactly, now. and now we care about them. Like yeah. at least I do. Yeah, they 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 communicate with each other. They hunt together. They have a sense of community, and that's not something we think about when we think about Tusken Raiders. We think about them killing Anakin's mom, them uh, trying to capture C three, uh, taking C three PO's arms off, trying to hit Luke with the with the sticks and all that. <laughs> and you know, um, that's all you think about when you're when you're thinking about Tusken Raiders. But now, in just two episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Like everyone but, okay, loves so Tuscan Raiders. Like to circle back. I would like to circle it's, back. So it's crazy. Grant did mention that his gripe was not the Tuscan Raiders. His gripe was no. the first ten to twelve minutes of the episode, which was Boba Fett right. walking around, kind of encountering people, trying to figure things out. But at the same time, I feel that that was super important and super integral to the story. Like, yeah, we was, get introduced. But... Blake will get into it, but we get introduced to a crazy character. Yeah, it, it it does, but at the same time, I felt like when he when Boba leaves the mayor's office, he could have just met them and not had to go to the to the uh, 
What was that woman's name? I'm trying to remember. Okay, to the here's, bar. I'm going to disagree. To the bar. Well, yeah, the bar. Uh, if he had met Greiser. them in the street, Greiser. it would not have been as epic. Because exactly. that's where he whole... met them. He met them in the street. No, no, no. You're, no, no. Okay, so you're missing. You're missing a whole scene. He leaves the mayor's office. He goes to the cantina. He discovers some information which the mayor did and not want to drums... spell out for him. Yes. The drums start, and that's where you're like, "Oh, oh that was yes. something's happening." It was the band stops yeah. playing, and, and you yes. hear, and it reminds me of when the drums started playing in the Mines of Moria in War of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring, and that's like a moment I, I remember fondly in theaters, being like, "Oh, and what's happening?" What, they're doing what all <laughs> books do in chapter two. They're introducing the big main arc of the series: the fact that the twins are going to be coming in and saying. Yeah, we're in charge. And Boba Fett's going to be like, nope, I'm in charge. But obviously the twins have more power, more sway, but Boba Fett's just kind of a badass. My big problem with them using that as the main story arc, quote-unquote, is it was done in Clone Wars already. You're right, but And so it's just reusing it, and it's just like... I mean, I know it's not exactly the same, but the and, same okay, premise. Explain, extrapolate on that, Grant. What do you mean? There, that they there's the a whole arc in Clone in the Clone Wars series where the Huts are fighting each other over their territory. Yeah, that's an ongoing type of thing that happens. Like what is literally happening in this episode is these two Huts have heard about what's going on and went behind the back of what actually is happening on that area and. Like, the whole scene where he has, I don't care what's on your data pad. Like, that's super important because they think that I they're know. in charge. It's just, my big thing is, why didn't they do that five years ago when Jabba died? Why didn't they strike then when, you know, it probably would have been easier and people wouldn't have gotten into their own rhythm of doing stuff? Is yeah, I know. Th- yeah, because of plot. Yeah, they, that's why. Because of plot. Yeah, that's I mean, it's, it's, it's a just, TV show. But that, and then the only other thing that that's kind of drove me away from this episode is it's basically the plot of Dune. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that before, too. Yeah, so they, they take a lot of, like, the the plot of Dune and the spice and Arrakis and the the Furman or the Sand People, and, you know, you, you I, get that vibe. I like that. Yeah. But that was, that's I always the cool. intention. Star Wars took from Dune. I, I mean, think that, that that's just how points. it was, though, in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just a homage to uh, the inspiration for Star Wars. I mean, we all know Tatooine is Dune. I mean, it's that that's from the very beginning. If you have a problem with this episode because you feel it's like Dune, then you should have a problem with the entire Ahsoka story in Clone Wars. It's not that it takes from Dune. It's just with the recent Dune movie, I think it's just too soon, and most people are going to associate it with Dune because they've seen it recently. And they were the same film team. Yeah. I personally and, and so disagree because I saw Dune and I loved it <laughs> and I never drew that connection because the, it's not about spice. It's not about going to this world and taking over spice. It's completely different. That, it's a guy going that, that, to a world and trying to rule through respect instead of what has been done for hundreds, maybe thousands of years before by fear. That's Boba Fett's yeah. story. But I'm talking about the, right. the flashback story is basically the story of Dune. Well, even that, he was still earning the respect of the Tusken Raiders. Like, it was all about Boba helping out the Tusken Raiders. Okay, so if, if you have a problem with this story, you have a problem with Pocahontas and pretty much any kind of story where a, a superior military power comes and interacts with, like, natives. 
like i said it isn't that i have a problem with the story it's just it it was done so recently that it's just fresh in my mind yeah and i can i can feel that but at the same time you got to understand this isn't about spice at all spice was a completely random i mean it had like 10 seconds in the entire episode it's this is about a train that's flying through their land and they're saying this is our land. We have been here since our ancestors have been here a thousand years ago. You have to stop driving through our land unless you want to pay us. Otherwise, we are going to f*** you up. Some real Western Native Americans attacking a train kind of vibe, too. Yeah, and that and that's where this is. It's a Western. I mean, this is this is part of the Western part of the show. That's I don't know. You know, just, the, just something the train about the book cool. that's just something's missing for me, and I'm trying to figure out what that is. So I do want to um I do want to go back. Let's let's uh do this kind of in halves. I'm not going to I'm not going to go over the whole episode like scene by scene. We've we we we've passed that. <laughs> um I do want to go back and talk about the first part of the episode first. Let's talk about present day first and then we'll get to the flashback. Um you know, we we start out with uh Bubba meeting the mayor. We've talked about that and he goes back to the cantina. The sanctuary, well, Blake, I believe, is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, the sanctuary. That's what um, it is. Yes, sir. Blake, did you want to talk about the prisoner real, real quick or not? Yeah, because the rain core scene. Oh, that that intro scene is worth talking about. That was a, oh, I like gosh. that scene a lot. That is okay. So I'm, I'm going to tell you my gripe about the episode. So at the beginning of the episode, when Boba is talking to the uh, the assassin guy, I can't remember the name of the. What's the name of the gang he's part of? Black Shadow something? No, no, it's called the Order of the Nightwind. That's it. That's it. That's it. The Assassins for Hire. Well, he gets, you know, in the last episode, they capture one of the guys, and he's he comes before Jabba, and he's not going to talk, dude. He's not going to talk. And then Jabba, excuse me, not Jabba, Boba. Sorry. Jabba's palace, you know. So Boba. Boba interrogates him. And he's not going to talk, so they drop him into the Rancor pit. Um, Fennec says, you know, if you won't talk to us, you know, maybe you're just good for the Rancor. Drops him into the pit. The door slowly starts opening. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to see a Rancor. I was, is, is it I, I thought it was Mushi. Oh, I was like, I'm going to see Mushi. <laughs> Hold on. I really want to mention this is, this is the beginning Dude, I mean, of my but, gripe for this entire series. <laughs> they had Rancor noises playing. As the door was coming up. And if the guy was actually there, there would be no Rancor noises. So personally, this kind of leads into a very cartoonish area for me in Star Wars that I don't personally enjoy. Because it has speakers. We don't know. There's speakers yeah. set up. They got like a maybe T Rex sound. Maybe, on maybe, the <laughs> maybe they got five point one digital. <laughs> I don't know. Man, they got seven point five. What you talking about? But yeah, the 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 door starts opening, man, and he's scared out of his mind. He starts talking before he even sees anything, because obviously there's nothing to see. But I really wanted to see Moochie the Rancor. Like, I thought this was the perfect time, and as soon as they dropped him into the Rancor pit, I was like, this has got to be it. Bib Fortuna came and collected uh, Moochie from Sid back in Bad Batch, if, if you guys watched Bad Batch. Um, I, obviously, you guys have, but the, the listeners. Um, and I was like, that was Bib Fortuna's Rancor, and that that has to be who it is. And apparently not. And I'm saddened. I'm saddened. So Disney, if you're listening, I just want to see Moochie. Because uh, the soldier, the soldier was about to get Mo Moochie Mo problems. 
<laughs> Shameless plug right there. So we've already talked about how the um, how Boba Fett and, and Co. go and, and meet the mayor. I like how we see Boba Fett, Fennec Shan, and they've got the prisoner. They're leading him along. And you got the two really crazy-looking Gamorrean guards, man. I, I wish they'd get some more clothes for those guys. I really <laughs> they do. pants. I, can't, I cannot take it seriously. <laughs> Gamorreans have never worn pants. I know, but about? seeing Boba Fett walk yes, around with these two pantsless but they've dudes. Never been so it's, it's weird. <laughs> okay, but the, Gamorre- the Gamorreans have never been this thick, <laughs> the G- Diedrich. Okay? No, they never this, they've never Return been this thin. Return of the Jedi. The Gamor- uh-uh, I disagree. They they were, they're thinner. They're taller okay. and thinner now than but, they were. Yeah, but I'm not... But I'm not talking about thin and thick. He's I'm talking, talking about, about them thick. cheeks. That's different. Them cheeks? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. In in Return of the Jedi, I may be wrong, but I swear the Gamorreans were shorter and plumper. Like, they looked like yeah, pig they people. Yeah, they were. They were shorter and, and thicker. And now... They grew up. Yeah, and now they look... They're Yeah, they're bigger now, and they look like they should be working at Space Chippendales or something. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It so, Blake's checking out Gamorreans. Okay. Blake, are you I mean, questioning? You can't help it. It's all it was all over the screen. You couldn't help it. It was just there, okay? That was I like, the, what I saw like and the I shot of them going <laughs> <laughs> when they're going into the mayor's uh building, his office, I guess, his pal whatever it is. The uh I don't know, the I guess City Hall of Mos Espa. <laughs> the the final scene right before they're walking in is just the back of the Gamorrean. <laughs> My, Dude, I'm it not really gonna, is. They like, remind me of characters from Rugrats. I don't know why. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> the belly and the diaper, like yeah. okay, I kind of yeah, that's probably yeah, it. Is. It, is. So, yeah. <laughs> it does no. kind of look. It, I, I mean, I I, I do have a, a toddler, and that that does kind of strike a bell there. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. Were very they're very childlike. But uh, we've already talked about this scene a little bit. But we we see him go in there. They talk to the guy and. Uh, He's like, no, you can't see the mayor. And then the uh, the major domo comes out. And is like, no, you can't see him today. Bye-bye. We'll schedule something. And Boba Fett's like, nah, not taking it. Goes right in. And they're talking about um, who sent the who sent the assassin, this, that, and the other. The mayor denies it. And then uh, his guard shoots the uh, Nightwind assassin guy. There's actually two things I'd like to cool. mention for this part, for this scene. Two things. Number yeah, one, I have a question, too. Number one, his voice. Someone chose his voice, which means that he's an Athorian and he speaks ridiculously. Uh, he's very <laughs> condescending. And he chose to do that. Yeah, and someone helped him choose that voice, which is like so insulting and condescending, but also so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is on point for other content we've seen with Athorians exactly. when they have those voice modulators. Yes, for it real. Is, they it is kind real. of on point. There. I just think it's really funny to think that like the the mayor's the the major domo may have sat back and helped him choose that voice. Um, oh, yes, this sounds great, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know how he talks. My He's second kiss, thing yeah, you know I want to mention He's is... He's a kiss Gamorrean butt. I want to know how many people have accidentally died because the mayor just, like, twitched with his finger or his hand. <laughs> like, I'd love to know how many people his guards have killed by accident. Uh, you don't know Athorians have Whoops. good control over their body. They're basically, like... <laughs> statues unless they don't want to be so you don't even know and that's like, why Diedrich the, is biology. the Jedi archive okay. actually that's all BS I have no that's idea that could be true I don't know <laughs> now I, I don't know like my question is how does one become become the mayor there it's a very lawless land so yeah. what do you just got to go and just kill the current mayor and then all of a sudden you're mayor now and what does it mean to be the mayor it's implied that he's got ties to 
crime stuff because he's like he does warn Boba Fett at the end. He's like, it takes more than the skills of a bounty hunter to keep a family together. I have a question about this yeah. whole sequence because the prisoner said the mayor sent me, and so then the mayor was like, "No, I didn't send him." Like I. All right, he also said one more thing that was super important, yeah. and he's like, that order doesn't operate outside of Hut Space. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I, I'm confused by that. And so right. Tatooine right now is not part of Hut Space. Yes. So, right. yeah, it's it's it seems pretty simple about, like, it's, it's only confusing because you expect the show to kind of spell it out for you, but more or less, the mayor hired that person to kill Boba Fett. Boba Fett defeated them. Well, I don't the, think so. Uh, I, I, I think, think it was I, the twins. I, I don't know. I agree with Andrew. I 100% think so. The and mayor, I think that the mayor is a classic so, Ithorian, or classic Ithorian uh, personality where he's lying. He is just trying to make sure that he's on everybody's good side. And so no, he, he, I bet he wasn't lying, though. I bet he was... I bet he wasn't lying about it. You don't think but so? But he, he was kind of like Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan tells like half-truths most of the time, right? So he yeah. says something that's true, but in, he omits the fact that he actually hired them and went ahead and had the guy killed before he could say anything else. And he was yeah. like, I, I don't know. Well, I the, the mayor points him in the direction of uh, Gersa. I can't think of her last name. The, the lady who owns the sanctuary. Yeah, so is, and is so this Boba Fett goes in there. league with who we're going to meet next? You know, Is he in league with Possibly, the next I don't know. villain? You know? I think he takes that, orders That's from a good him. question. That's, yeah. that's my thinking of it. it's like yeah he he didn't technically hire them he did it for someone is more my thinking that's actually maybe i don't that's pretty accurate i don't know i think someone else i think someone else sent them honestly and i think i think he was telling the truth but we'll get to that later we'll find out we beat this dead horse enough so um boba goes to the to the sanctuary and who do we see again max max rebo <laughs> Max Rebo and the band, baby, they're in their plan again. Like, there's so much Max Rebo. We've had so oh much Max gosh, Rebo yeah. in the last month of our lives. I could use more. So I wish funny. Max Rebo, like, we need to get some, we need Max Rebo to write us a, a theme song I'm or looking for Max Rebo like a music videos, like VH1 behind the scenes, you know? Yeah, man. See them all strung out on spice, <laughs> like in the in the green room of the sanctuary. It'd be crazy. It was on now, Hutta. He hit his rock bottom. <laughs> then they fast forward thirty years, and he's playing Life Day parties <laughs> yeah. for other people. Like that seems like a pretty that seems like a pretty bad gig. I'm just saying. <laughs> if there's an episode without Matt Strebo now, then it's gonna be like, what happened to Matt Strebo? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. We know at least Max Rebo survives until uh, the Life Day party in the Lego Star Wars special. <laughs> he's got a, he's got at least another thirty years. <laughs> But his band most certainly dies. <laughs> so we see Max Rebo and the band, and Boba Fett comes and tries to confront Garza in the sanctuary. They're having a conversation, and what do we hear? The death drums. So, Boba Fett goes outside with his crew, and we see a litter. We learned last week that a litter is what the uh, the huts are carried on, and Bib Fortuna was apparently too, back when he was leading the uh, the uh, crime underworld of Mos Espa. 
it might also end up being Boba Fett's downfall because everyone alludes to the litter. Like, everyone. Yeah, Every that is like, it is a big thing. Like, the litter is a big thing. And it's probably just a sign of a legitimate ruler. That's what I think. But, yeah. anyways, the litter is coming. And there are not one, but two huts on this thing. And they're not as big as Jabba. I, I, they're probably younger huts, it seems. And this is the part of the podcast where I'm going to ask this. Where is Rhoda? Okay, where is Rhoda the hut? Here's should my it, theory. Should it not be Rhoda the hut on that litter? No, and I'll tell you why. Grant, this is why the huts are now, these two huts are now in particular coming after this territory. After Jabba's death, I'm going to bet Rhoda by the hut council would have rights to this spot, or at least that territory. And I'm going to guess that we're going to find out that these huts assassinated Rhoda. Okay, so no! I, mm, I can actually yes, I don't think a, so. a small bit. I don't think they have assassinated them. Um, I have a strong opinion that these are the Zonti brothers who have It's existed. a brother and a sister. It is a brother, and so it's not the Zonti brothers. Yeah, it's a brother yeah, and sister. Yeah, it mentions yeah. it's a brother and a sister. My theory on why Rhoda's not there is the fact that Hutt's age really slowly, and so he's just like still considered a child and not old enough to have his own domain, is, is more along the lines of what I'm thinking is going well, on. Well, I really right, do. But then wouldn't there be a protector, like a, a kind of like a, you know, an uncle or an observer or some kind of like guide for Rhoda? Well, he may be under the protection of the twins or something, or he may be at now Hutta just waiting with the other Hutts learning how to run a crime empire properly. Maybe. So. I really we'll hope him. we get some background on Rhoda the Hut because Jabba sent Jabba sent him to you know Crime Lord School. It's okay, <laughs> Crime Lord Kindergarten. <laughs> so I really hope that we get some backstory on Rhoda. I want to know what's happened to Rhoda the Hut, and I posted it on Facebook um, a couple months back on our Facebook page. Where is Rhoda? Um, and I'm still asking that question because. It seems like he should have the rights to the land. Maybe he's not grown enough. Maybe he's been assassinated. But I think that's such a waste of the character because, you know, he's introduced in Clone Wars and we see him a couple time in, times in Clone Wars and then we never see him again. And we know Filoni loves bringing people back from the Clone yeah. Wars. So I'm, I was really going to mention, I don't think, I think waste of a character is the wrong words. I think that what they're doing right now is introducing characters that had very small parts um, in previous comics, books, uh, Clone Wars, stuff like that, TV, TV shows. shows. Um, yeah. And over time, they'll probably introduce more. I mean, you're about to introduce a new one just now. Correct. So um, as we as we see them come on this litter, like they're really close. Like, I don't know how huts work. Are they West Virginian huts? Like they're it seems almost like an intimate <laughs> uh, embrace of look, two sibling huts. <laughs> Dietrich, obviously, you've never dealt with being fat, man. Sometimes you just oh, got to oh, lean oh. on your friend. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but is this a slight amount of incest again in Star Wars? <laughs> Brother like, and sister. Think? It could be. I think it might they be. They got long tongues. Well, all I all don't I have, have to, to say too far. If I if I see um, anything like the job of the hut tongue coming after Lay. If I see any of that between them, I'm cutting it off. I'm done with Book of Boba Fett. Um, Gamorian booty and <laughs> Jabba people freaking <laughs> licking each other. Nah, nah, can't do it. Just I'm checking out. <laughs> so the brother hut is talking to Boba, 
and pretty much tells him that, no, this is our land now. We're coming to take over. This is our crime syndicate. You can go somewhere or we can kill you. And Boba Fett just says, uh, might as well kill me. And that's when we are introduced to Black Chrysanthemum. Woo! A Wookiee who's a really bad dude. He is a silverback, which is important in Wookiee culture because he's very rare. I definitely feel like you could have built that up a little bit more because it's not that obvious to most people. It's obvious for dorks. Yeah, it's only obvious because of the most important part when he's calling him a gladiator. So it's making reference that Boba knows Black Santon. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so 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 y'all took it as like he did recognize Black Chrysanthemum. Yes. I when I heard that I took it like he didn't know him and that I was confused because yes. Andrew just said he's worked with him in the past. So uh, now went to the comics at least. Yeah. Are those co- are those canon comics? Uh, I I can't remember. I are they made know. by Marvel or uh, Dark Horse? He, uh, yes, so Dark Horse. Yes, probably he was, not uh, Black Chrysanthemum was first introduced in 2015's Star Wars 15. Yeah, so that whole history is not canon as of now. It it may become canon, as we know. Dark Horse is starting to produce uh, Star Wars comics again, so it it's possible they know each other. I think it's likely that they know each other, but I think um, it's likely too. Yeah, I think it's likely. But as far as the comics go, we can't really point to those and say, hey, they've worked together before, because that technically never happened in this canon. Also, there's so many Trandoshans. Why are there so yeah. many lizard people? Where's Boscat? Yeah. I, yeah, no, like, no, I actually read a, I read a <laughs> comment on some random post that was talking about the fact that they have, they're, they've used so much CGI on the Trandoshans or so many, I don't know if it's CGI or costumes, that they definitely have to introduce Bosk at some point. They have to. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's one of the big reveals in uh, the final episode coming out in February. <laughs> that's so yeah, far it, away. The, the, the amount of Trandosians in this in this show is ridiculous. They are. They're everywhere. We're, there's more Trandosians than there are Rodians. And we've seen two Rodians, Greedo and Redo. I was hoping to see Cad Bane, but uh, after seeing Black Chrysanthemum, I was... I was very pleased by that. Cause Dude, you ain't gonna get both in the same. Yeah, episode, I'm like, so. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that. So that's I want to cool. see, I want to see Black Chrysanthemum, Cad Bane, Han Solo, and Bosk all come after uh, uh, Boba Fett. Maybe even Dangar. Throw Dangar in there. Oh, that's come a good after point. Boba they Fett. They might actually get hired to come after him. I didn't. I never yeah. thought about that. And Han, Han, probably not Han Solo. He's a good guy now. No, probably not Han. Han. Han's, Han's got other stuff going on too. Yeah, Han's He's maybe, not a bounty what, hunter. He's what, a, wait a minute. What if Han comes in to help Boba Fett? It's it's Han and Boba Fett against Cad Bane, Black Chrysanthemum, Dengar, would and Luke, Bosk. Question: Does Luke know that Boba Fett helped the Mandalorian? And that whole squad. Does he know that? I don't know. And, and I, th- that is something he, I need to he, see. If he knows that the Slave One had anything to do with the Mandalorian, that little squad. Hey, that's the fire spray. Him. That is the fire he, spray. Calm down. Excuse me, let me be the politically correct answer here. If, <laughs> if Luke knew about the fire spray being that's involved, Slave maybe. One, Diedrich, that is Slave One. How dare you besmirch the name? Um, <laughs> maybe he told Han. Maybe he told Han that, that uh, Boba Fett seems to be on a different side now. I don't. I don't know. I, I would like that to be uh, brought up, maybe in the flashbacks later on in the series. I don't know. Maybe that's where it kind of ends. 
I would like to see a, uh, yeah, I'd like to see a, a rematch between Finnick and uh, Cad Bane. If it was me and I was in charge of the Star Wars series, I would throw characters in the background that aren't main, that aren't like presented up in front, and then the main character is like, uh, uh, blah blah blah, gladiator, where it would literally just be like Cad Bane in the background assassinating somebody. You know what I mean? I would love to see Imbo in the background, do the guy with the big shield and the dog. Yeah, that would be awesome. So we're hoping. We're hoping for a Han Solo Boba Fett team up against all the other bounty hunters that have ever been. That would be that'd be amazing. <laughs> I like it. Disney, if that's not what you're doing, cancel it right now and restart. All right? I am Han Solo, snap finger. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was my Marvel reference. It didn't land. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he, got, he, he got the Infinity Stones, so you dorky, know? Dude, I love it's it. all that spice. But this is Dork, is Dork Wars, Wars the Podcast, podcast my friend. <laughs> so that is the that is the end of present day Book of Boba Fett episode two. Now we move into the flashback, and I really appreciate that they didn't jump from there to there to there to there. I think last episode it worked, but I think for this episode, not jumping really gave each part its due. It, it really let us revel in the past, and it also let us revel in the present without having to jump between them. You know how last... Uh what was it bad batch when every episode you'd have one episode that was really important and one episode that was a filler that was kind of something that i know diedrich and i had talked about um what if i'm and i'm this is a lot of hope what if for a uh, book of boba fett we'd have a setup episode and then on the next episode would be like a longer episode about explaining all of it yeah I, that's kind of exactly i hope, what I hope that's happened. what they're doing I'm hoping that's what they're doing. I really do. And I, I think the next episode is also going to have a lot of meat, and then that fourth episode is going to be skimpy. Well, the book I, of... I think there's I think there's more coming, and I think they're implying that the next episode is going to have a lot more present day stuff to it. Right. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. Because a lot of the past has been explained now. That whole like literally the entire Sand People is about to be explained. I love it. Yeah, I think I think the plot is really going to move forward in the present day, the next coming episodes. I mean, we've got a lot set up. There's those scenes in the trailer with him meeting with all the crime lords around uh, Mos Espa. Uh, I think that's going to yeah, happen. I think pretty that's going to be the next one. Yeah, that's uh, he's going to try to get them on their side. I think from from the huts. Uh, it's 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 going to be some good stuff. But moving to the past, we see. How does it start out? I don't even remember. He's training with the Gaffy staff. Oh, that's right. So Boba, Boba yeah, is training, training with, with uh, the Gaffy staff. The strong one. Him and uh, the Tuscan warrior. I want to. Yeah, that one Tuscan is actually pretty unique. I mean, we don't see any other Tuscan yeah. in all black with the red like chest piece. And I was all I said this to Wesley earlier. It's almost like if it, you replaced his mask with a, a Knight of Ren, like a Knight of Ren helmet. Ooh, because he's pretty. He's pretty bad. Well, you know what? Like we see later in the episode, he does. He does a lot trick. of stuff there. Well, Diedrich, that's... Diedrich, let, let me stop you here before you get too far in this. Uh, you're using the wrong pronoun for her. No, it, it's no, actually this... uh, a stunt woman actually plays her, plays that character. Do we know the character is a female, We though? don't know I whether don't the what... character is a female or not, but it does not matter. So because let's, the let's, director... fight. let's fight about no, it. No, no, I am fighting because, because the whoever chose to cast, the casting director, whoever chose to cast this person... Me, just like G-Dubs, could tell that they were very feminine. 
whether it was a male or a female, I yeah. honestly didn't know until after the episode. Um, I could tell immediately that they were very feminine. Before before we get, I want to make sure that she, that we do recognize her. Joanna Bennett plays this amazing character that doesn't lose a fight and beat up over right. That and she's been pretty severely. She's been a stunt woman for uh, Brie Larson in um, what's that Marvel movie? She's, uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yep, she was a stunt one for her. She was a stunt woman for it was another big movie. I can't remember what it is right now. So she's got a pretty good resume. So. Actually, knowing that this character, if this character were to be a female, it only reinforces a fan theory I have that I'll explain later. Uh, well, that's good to know, It though. reinforces, it to me, me the this entire explanation that Tusken Raiders are people, too. Well, we don't know. Is there, are there two, are there two, or not two, are there multiple genders for Tusken Raiders? We do or see, is it just, you know. Okay, let's look, think back to episode two. There are different outfits for think. women and in, Anakin? The, in that particular tribe. I'm not saying I'm not saying all of them, but the, yeah. in the tribe that Anakin slaughters, we see different outfits for men, women, and children. And Anakin yeah, says he yeah, says he, he I slaughtered them all. Anakin. The not just the men, the, male, the men, but the, the women, women, which is another and the reason children why I too. thought it was a male. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the children. Well, thank you for grabbing me. It's been a minute since I've seen Attack of the Clones. So wait, you don't you don't watch every Star Wars movie once a week? It's in your it's in your contract. No, no, no. You better read the contract. He just knows about all the actresses and actors. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just that, you know important stuff. <laughs> so Bulba is is training with the gaffy stick with this Tuscan who's played by a female. We don't know if the Tuscan itself is a male or female. I'm assuming female because it's played by a female. I wonder. Well, I'm wondering if Tuscan warriors that are women wear black, and the Tuscan men wear the, the normal brownish color that they wear, and that's how they di- uh, differentiate them. Well, Boba, Boba does Fett. is given black Where's robes, it? and the chief, which that's might true. be a female for all I know, the chief is also in mostly black. Yeah, that's actually something I wanted to mention. It's something I want to mention later on that. Yeah, he is in all black robes. He also doesn't have a mask. And he ain't no woman. <laughs> Who doesn't have a mask, Andrew? So. It, Boba Fett. Oh, oh, but okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. and it's thought, weird okay, because Tuscans do. It freaks me out because I'm wondering if the Tuscan Raiders, they refer to them as people, are they actually people? So it depends on the canon. So old canon, yes. New canon, we don't know. What are the masks for? It's to help them not lose their moisture, much like on Dune. And that's why they drink milk. Well, we don't. I don't know, but and that's another theory I wanted to talk about. Now later. that is that is important though because we found out it's not water. And because remember, yep. we thought we assumed that they were digging for water. It's not water. It's so let's milk. talk about it. You're right. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, so it's like coconuts. Well, my question is, all right, we found that giant sand thing when we found these. Apparently, it's like little eggs with with milk in them. Correct. Does this monster oh. lay them? Do are there? Yo, dude. Oh, are there are there mines on Tatooine that lay these little milk? Like eggs. Dude, there's literally two choices. They either lay them or they poop them out. Or they poop them out. Listen, yeah. either I'm going to tell you what. It's ridiculous. Well, that's like the Easter Bunny of Tatooine. <laughs> 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 Laying little milk eggs for the, for the Tuscan children. This is beautiful. <laughs> they killed a majestic creature. I love it. My only, my They've probably never even that. seen one of them before. My only problem with that thought process is why did they celebrate when Boba Fett killed them? killed it because that would have been their source of you know moisture 
They should have captured it, chained it up, and let it poop milk eggs for them, like forever. Domesticate it. Can I talk about the gaffy stick for a second? You could, you could, I'll give you, I'll give you five seconds. As as this female or whatever, whatever the uh, sex of this awesome warrior might be, what the preferred pronouns? We hear the sound of like a sword being unsheathed as she's taking the gaffy staff off of her back, which is weird because the the sound a sword makes against a sheath is because it's metal on metal. But there's nothing like connecting with the gaffy staff as she's taking it off of well, her back. Well, she wants to. But it's another. I, Here's my theory. So, uh, so Andrew, Andrew, this goes back to what you were saying, where it's kind of like cartoonesque. Yes. Y'all have good hearing because I didn't hear either one of those sounds. I listen to the audio so deeply because the music is honestly really amazing, and this is this is part two of my issue with this show. It's very cartoony. There are unexplainable things that don't make any sense at all. Welcome well, to Star here's, Wars. Look, here's my theory on the unsheathing gaffy stick. The little Tuscan child, we also don't know the sex of, of the child. Baby Tuscan. <laughs> we don't know the sex of any Tuscan, to be honest. That, that's okay, true. Just... If we're being honest, they could have all been women. Next time, you just got to pull up the robes and find out. That's, that's how you find out. Uh, They'd probably kill you for that for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my theory, though. The, the little Tuscan has a little sound machine, and every time the Tuscan warrior takes that gaffy stick off, he plays the sound. It can. Tr- they have you know surround sound speakers on all their tents, and uh, whenever he presses the button, it just you know does a sound effect. Well, there's apparently a Best Buy on Tatooine because we've got 5.1 Dolby digital sound. It's Tassi Station in uh, in Jabba's palace. Welcome to Tashi Station. We've got portable Bluetooth speakers <laughs> for the Tuscan Raiders, so there's no, got to no, be no. It's, yeah, uh, Tashi it's, Station. You, know, you get it, it from the Jawas. Or the Jawas. No, you get really the yeah, Jawas are Radio get Shack. Some off-brand crap for the what Jawas, you, man. Like, no, you don't. What get do you the think? Good stuff. Yeah, what do you think the Tuscan Raiders can afford? They don't have any money. They just go in there and take what they want. They're Tuscan Raiders. Raiders. Raiders do what they want. They raid. Yeah, they, they, they don't need things. a currency. Well, they did need a currency, but under Boba Fett, they need that spice. Uh, but they then uh, no, they don't. Without need them like getting they paid. Ask for a toll for it. We'll get to this later, but they have their own spice. They do have their own spice. We saw it. So okay, let me ask you this then: If they have their own spice, do you think they have their own sexual positions too? So do you think they have like a massive? <laughs> I think they have their own Karma Sutra. They okay, have like a, then they or, definitely have a massive style. You know what I mean? Instead of a doggy style, right? <laughs> Bantha style. Oh God. I've never seen a Tuscan Raider that big. Yeah, that's a big Tuscan Raider, dude. They all like to gaffy your stick. What about Gamorian style? Gamorian style. <laughs> thick. Thick with 18 C's. <laughs> that's right. So this is about the time that a train comes pulling through and starts shooting. Or no, excuse me. The Tuscan Raiders start shooting at the train. No. 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 The, the no, train, the train shoots they first. just start the shooting at the shooting first. They shoot first. No, the train Gosh, the train's Han Solo. Yeah. The train yeah, is Han Solo. The train is Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't get it. Why So the train's coming through. Why shoot at the Raiders? Why Be- shoot at the Tuscan Raiders? I, I don't So for fun. I, I guess they're bored. This is why. We are seeing this story from Protection. Boba Fett's perspective. We are not seeing this from the Raiders' perspective. So this is a new thing that is happening to Boba Fett for the first time. This is happening. All the time, and Boba Fett can tell that this is happening all the time because these tribes are not big. And every time a train goes through, like 
a little bit less than half of their tribe dies. Right. Can I, I'm going to piggyback. So this is another example. We saw in the last episode an example of the swoop gang go in and basically kill that family. This is another example of like the injustice that he's experiencing in his time on Tatooine and another reason why he kind of turns a new leaf and is trying to lead them yes, to a Yes, and I actually future. had an issue with this because according to the story, he was this he was Boba Fett dug out of the sand creature, I can't remember the name of it, and then joined the Tusken Ra- the Sarlacc, Sarlacc and then joined the Tusken Raiders and all of a sudden he's just this guy who just wants honor, he just wants to do right by the Tusken Raiders. It's kind of weird. He did drugs. He did drugs. Before he did that, drugs, though, went out in the desert that, and came back a different before man. He did drugs. Yeah, he literally oh, went and got. Before. Didn't he go and uh, get the speeders before he did the drugs? He did. Yeah, you're right. So Boba Boba Fett sees some speeders go by. Um, they realize they can use those to take out the hover train, and Boba Fett goes to Tashi Station. To get these speeders. And it's also kind of implied that he recognizes this is that same gang that he saw in the last episode take out that tr- that family. That oh, yes. shoot. Was it really? They're yes. using the same symbol. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even connect yeah. that. It's justice in a kind of way. He's not just taking things that aren't his, like a bad guy. He is righting the wrongs the Swoop Gang has committed. He's going to steal their speeders. So this scene's pretty cool because it cuts back to a deleted scene from A New Hope. So, in Star Wars A New Hope, there's a deleted scene where Luke, Biggs, and there's two other people at Tashi Station. So, these two people are the two people that are in the people that that are running Tashi Station. They are in this episode. If you look back at that that deleted scene, they look pretty identical. Obviously, they're different actors. But they did a really good job, and this is kind of like a deep-cut Easter egg for us fans. So these are the same characters? Is that what you're saying? Yes, they are the same characters, just not played by the same actors. See, that's what I'm saying, dude. That just enforces my whole, like, you really have to pay attention to everything, because I I didn't catch that. I I would have never caught that. I mean, there's a lot of Easter eggs in Mandalorian, too, though. There are, but if you look... If you go look back at that scene, uh, Luke is wearing like the stupidest hat you've ever seen. So go check that scene out <laughs> if you haven't. Just type in a New Hope deleted scenes. It'll come up. Anyway, Boa Fett gets the speeders, takes them back to the Tuscan tribe. And this is this is one of my favorite parts of the episode. And what you this is this is the filler part where he's teaching the Tuscans how to drive the speeders. This is and the second the whole, filler. You st- the, skip the, the whole first filler. The first filler is him being trained to actually fight with the gaff, and we talked and then about that. It's it's a really big situation yeah. where he actually goes to the station and whoops everybody's ass, and he uses that staff and his training. Yeah. Like yep. that's a big that's a big scene. It shows that he's There's, dedicated. He's about to kick some ass. He's the man. He actually supports these people that he doesn't know anything about and was actually kind of kidnapped by, to be honest. And he also saves he saves those people you were describing, Blake, and that's the important thing, too. He kind of comes in there as a hero instead that's of as true. a villain. This is the first time he's truly heroic. Yeah, this is the first time that he is truly heroic. It's beautiful. Was he not heroic in Mandalorian? 
But that's no, but this he takes just dropped them off this and, takes place, and, and drove this away. This takes place before Mandalorian. Yes, it does. That's true. It does. That's does true. it really? In the timeline, yeah. this takes place beforehand. Exactly. Yep. Because he, he has yep. his Gaffy staff when he meets yeah, the Mandalorian. Yes. And his black outfit. His black robes are what he has underneath his current yep. armor. That's why this episode is so integral. It explains why he can survive without his armor and without all of his tools. So why is Fennec Shan with him? That's only in the current scenes. So the current day scenes are after oh, Mandalorian. Oh, 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 oh. The past is not, right? The past is before. He I give up, up, dude. Are we watching the same episodes, Wes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please delete my... Please delete this last. Like, Let's get back to the uh, Tusken Raider uh, speeder scene. <laughs> uh, I love these scenes. It really shows Boba connecting with the Tuscans. He's showing them a new skill. They're hilarious on these speeders. Like, they're... They can't start them. The one guy he's trying to go forward and it just goes straight back. And this is very comical. <laughs> it's it's comical. It's cartoony, cartoonish, but in yes. a good way though. I think it's a good way. Uh, I disagree because it it feels like it's kind of explaining all the other cartoonish stuff that happens. I guess so. I I, I like the lightheartedness. I like that it shows the connection. I did too. I, I I liked the scene. I think it was it it showed that he is now more of a leader in the tribe than just a person. Exactly. With and I would have liked the scene if it didn't have all these like if the episode didn't Little have gags. all these other cartoon. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then you don't like Star Wars. No, that's not true. Because I Star Wars I, always yes, has that. I love that the little gags, side of funny I don't, stuff. Come I don't on. like the gags that are like, "Hey, here's a serious story that really only adult adults will ex- like understand." But also, here's a kitty joke. <laughs> it's weird. Well, t- it just feels. Weird. I laughed. I well, laughed. I, Whatever. Okay. Well, no. I this one was like... good. This one was good. I. That's what I'm saying. This was good. If all the other stuff didn't exist, this would have been even better. Okay. So Andrew, Diedrich has asserted that that you don't like Star Wars, and I'm just going to point out that no Star Wars fan really even likes Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. That's what do we even hear? Like Star Wars. What is Star Wars like? <laughs> So the Tuscans, after a, a time lapse scene of hilarious speeder gags, training, training montage, montage speeder really. gags, we don't know how how long it's been. Have they been riding them for hours, days? How weeks? often does the train drive through the land? Because they had yeah, a we don't lot know. of time to train. Like they had days, at least days. You know what yeah, I mean? Beyond that, that how? How long has Boba Fett been with the, the, the Tusken Raiders at this point? We don't know how much time at has passed. Point, at this point, weeks. Yeah. 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 Is it That's weeks or, or is it longer than weeks? I mean, we, we don't really it's have got, a sense of time. Well, he's wearing the same clothes that he had at the very beginning, so I would say no more than like two months because the clothes would start to like deteriorate at that point. Yeah. That's a very – yeah, I agree. I don't even think it's been that long. I mean, I'm thinking a month maybe. That's what I'm saying, like 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 two two months max, but probably closer to yeah. weeks, like three to four weeks. I'm thinking something like that. So, however long this montage took, the train's coming back through, and now it's the big train heist scene. Love the hover train train heist scene. Um, here's a gripe. Uh oh, here it is. No no gripes allowed. Here's a gripe. All right, so the very first time we see that train... Hey, do you even like Star those, Wars? Those guys with the blasters, man, like, they're way too accurate. Yo, way okay, accurate. let me explain. Can I please explain? This is actually explainable. The guy... So anyway, like I was saying... <laughs> <laughs> so I have an anti-gripe that turns into a gripe on this one. 
The guys on the train had scopes. Imagine playing Battlefront. Imagine a map where you're on a train and you have everyone on the train has a sniper outfit. So you're sniping outside of the window. You could obviously see these guys that are hiding over yeah, here because but- they'd be highlighted red. But for the sand people, they do not have scopes. Yet, in this they scene, do. I, they don't. They do. A they lot do. of these rifles didn't have scopes. Okay, I'll, I'll argue that in canon, the standard rifle does have a scope, and that's a battlefront rule. In canon, but in this show, they do not have rifles. These guys are, sorry. I, scopes. In canon, but in this show, they do not have scopes. I think they're using their masks. Okay. So I'll, I'll say this too, though. It's blasters against slug throwers, and slug throwers have projectile bullets, and they go faster, and they're more accurate than a, sh- a blaster rifle should be. And the Correct. slug thrower is the sand people? Yeah. Yes. And that explains why the sand people were more accurate the second time around. I, I kind of disagree. Because uh, this this particular tribe of the Tuscan Raiders were very like they didn't have any technology at all like they didn't know how to ride the the little um, speeders speeder, speeder bikes so I, I don't think the the mask have any kind of like technology that would give them enhancements like that so I think their rifles yeah I think their rifles probably had some kind of but they aim. don't you can look at them they do not have scopes I agree with with Andrew actually I, I do and looking back at what I remember seeing. They don't, but I'll, I'll argue again. They had slug throwers as opposed to blaster rifles, which blaster rifles, the beams, the bolts are way slower than like a gun we have right. in today's society. They're also gonna, less accurate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we because know they go that. So slow. And we know that Tuscan Raiders are pretty accurate, anyways. Back in episode one, they're firing at pod racers and hitting yes. them. I mean, yeah. they, they're hitting yes. the pod racers. Yeah, the, those pod racers sure. that are going 500 miles per hour. Yeah, exactly. So we know that the Tuscans. Even though they don't have the technology, they they fight very well and they shoot well. I, I don't give I don't give a Natural crap despite, about technology. Despite it's in their mask, despite what <laughs> Obi Wan said. So this is what I really don't like. It kind of retcons um, something that Obi Wan says in A New Hope, where Obi Wan's a filthy liar. He is. That is true. <laughs> but he does say he's like he's like blast points. Tuscan Raiders would never be so accurate. And I'm like, dude, Tuscan Raiders are way more accurate than any stormtrooper I've ever seen. He lies to Luke that whole trilogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he does until, lie about until, the fact that he shot first, which is kind of crap. And he lied for two decades in real life. <laughs> so Boba Fett and the Tusken Raiders get on this train. They do the whole um, old Western thing where they're on top of the train, fighting guys on top of the train, getting inside, killing these guys, uh, just having a good old time, smashing heads. And kicking butt. Uh, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this scene. A lot of great action. And I especially like the little droid who's in the uh, main car. And it seems like they have a pod racer turbine on top of their hover train that makes it go faster. I didn't make that connection. Yeah. I did not make the pod racer connection. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a pod racing turbine. It sure is. And at first, he starts going like really fast. Like he can make it go faster. And I was thinking to myself, well, if he could just do that, why were, why weren't they traveling that fast anyway, right? Hmm. But then we find Seems out... like it takes a lot of energy. Well, but then we find out that it's unstable because that sucker explodes, right? It overheats it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, so I wanted to up. actually... 
there's a few technological things in Star Wars that I wanted to point out for this. Uh, I'm I didn't mention it earlier, but when he attacks the station, there is a pad like right next to the door that he comes into that is very obviously an enter exit pad where it's like a a blue dot, like a blue button with a white button in the middle and a red button and a white button below, and it's very common. And that's happening throughout this entire train. Right. So you're saying it's easy for them to move car to car once they're inside it. Yes. And then the 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 cart itself, like the front part that he's talking about, is just like a pod racer where you can push a bunch of energy into it, but it's going to use yeah. all of its energy and all of its gas, just like you explained. It's nitro, you know, nitrous. Yeah. Hit the nitrous button. Nitrous. <laughs> it's got a similar setup. I, I like I like the fact that it looks similar to a pod racer in the in the way that you can transfer energy and, and manipulate all that stuff. It kind of keeps the technology of Tatooine in one realm. Like, this is the technology of Tatooine. This is how stuff looks for our technology. Except that the droid was like a completely new droid. Kind of a badass droid, to be honest with you. And well, I can't wait to the, see what happens with that. That droid was brought there by the people who were on the train. The Pikes. Well, it wasn't brought there. It was just part of their train. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so. We don't know. We don't know if it was brought there or if it was just on Tatooine. We have no yet. idea. We don't know. That'd be a big starship that brought that hover train there, though. No, but still. Oh, I thought you were talking about the droid. I'm, yeah, I'm oh. talking about the droid. Sorry. Like, I'd like to see, because the droid escaped. I'd like to see where that right. goes. That droid could go back That droid could go back somewhere and report. Yeah, exactly. And where is it going to go? It's going to go back to where those dudes are going? You know what I mean? Like, it, it did make it sound like wherever he was sending them at the end of the episode, when he was talking to the Pikes, was the closest and settlement. And who are they connected to? Does anybody here know, like, do you have enough knowledge the Pikes? to understand, like, who those there are the crime Pikes are their the own Pikes are a syndicate. Yeah. yeah, they're their own syndicate. The, yeah. And I think it's more representative of the fact that other crime syndicates are moving in where they see weakness. And is it that same race? Like that race is called the Pikes or the That race are the Yes, they're they are so it's both the race and it's the Pike Syndicate. So right. the Hut Cartel and the Pike Syndicate, yep. but the Pikes are also a race of people. So just like the huts, the hut, the huts car, the hut cartel, the huts are a race of people, and which, it's the name of the organization, which well. builds more into the story of Boba Fett wanting to rule by respect over fear because he wants to move. He's kind of pushing out the, the 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 huts, and he doesn't like the huts, right? So, and this might be another reason that the twins, the the hut twins, are coming into the the territory because now the Pikes are trying to move into the territory. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, crime organizations starting to try to move in on Tatooine because for the last five years, it's been ruled by Bib Fortuna, who it doesn't seem like he was doing a very good job to me, just kind of the way things are going. No one's asked about him or missed him yet. <laughs> yeah, he's probably a very weak leader. Yeah. Was Jabba in league with the Pikes? Ooh, Maybe. So I'm kind of coming under the understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, because I've been wrong a lot. The Huts are one big syndicate, and Jabba doesn't rule under Jabba. Jabba rules, but Jabba's on the Hut under Council, Huts. so under the the Greater Hut Council. So that so. makes more sense why the Huts came in and were like, "This is actually our land. You can't just correct. come in because you're not a Hut." He is a single member, yes, of like of like ten. Okay, so then yes, I th- then why is it 
why is it so wild to think the huts have been in cahoots with the pikes for Be- because like they are enemies. rivals they're rivals they're rivals they are rivals okay yeah think about it in the original trilogy jabba has han running spice for him and what do the pikes run from kessel that they mentioned this episode spice from kessel and this is why we do this podcast because all you dorks out there who had no idea just like me who also feel kind of silly exactly so with that in mind, I'm guessing after Han failed, Jabba turned to the Pikes to run Spice for him, maybe? Hmm. Maybe. I think we're definitely going to get some background. We're going to find out. Um, maybe Jabba was in league with the Pikes, and maybe he was going to try to, like, um, do some shady stuff to the Hut Clan, maybe? But the Hut Clan's huge. I don't know. I don't know. There's there's well, a lot of there's always here. there's always infighting. It's like the mafia, yeah, right? There's, a, it is. there's always people trying to get more power and one up whoever. Well, because zero uh, zero the hut steals Rota the hut from Jabba. So yeah, I mean that's yeah. horrible stuff. Yeah. So there's no telling what these it. guys would do. So there's definitely um, like a, a like a top dog, but then there's people battling under him. Yeah. Is there a top dog hut? Correct. I mean, there's a council, so, but I don't think there's a. There's, there's a, a it's a council and and they're all so another reason why they say they had to get permission to kill a hut is you have to go to the council. The council has to basically yeah we totally skipped over that. That's an important part of the entire arc. Yeah, too. yeah it really is. So so Boba Boba did not try to kill those huts because he knew if he kills one of these huts, they're all gonna come after yeah. him. Yeah, right. And he's not ready for that because you you don't you don't just kill a hut unless you're Leia. Unless you're Leia. <laughs> Leia ha- Leia's now like a, a senator, time. so that's actually really interesting to think about. So now, now that the uh, we know it's the Pikes, now the Pikes have been captured. the The trains exploded, and this is the first time we see a Pike without their mask. Like we've we've known about the Pikes through like the Clone Wars, and. Rebels. What? What else did they? They've been in something else. Uh, they were, they in, Solo? Batch in, Solo, in yeah. Batch. were yeah. they in Solo. Bad Batch. Were they in Solo? Yeah, they were in Solo. So we've seen. They had their mask on though. We've seen the pikes. The we've seen well. the pikes. We've seen the pikes a couple times now, but never without their mask. And I think that's. I think that's kind of a big deal. You know that we've we're finally seeing the face of a pike without a mask on. A bit of a gripe though. They definitely differentiate Rodians and these Tuscans, but all the pikes look the same. They all look no. well, like that's, a blue fish like well, yeah. person. So, you know, there's okay, no differentiation. Yes, wise, but not class wise as you know, with clothes. Yeah, I mean you did have the one leader who had like robes. Maybe that's why they wear the masks and the robes, just so they can differentiate between each other. It's also a very big tactic for um military units to kind of wear the same thing and for captains and sergeants yeah, and generals mask. not to wear patches yeah. so that they can't be identified. True. So that could be something that might take place. I don't know. That could be a thing. So for sure. Now that uh Boba Fett has proven his medal against the hover train and the pikes, um what do they do with the spice? Well, first of all, they try to BS Boba. He's like, uh, what is spice? Uh, yeah. I don't know anything. What uh, what does spice look like? They uh, they quite oh, is that they spice? quite literally rolled a D twenty and got a one. 
Yeah, it was a natty one because he was like, that spice right there. And one of the Tuscans gets a big old, like, even, like, helping of it and starts coughing whatever the spice. <laughs> <laughs> the that spice was does such it. a funny scene, dude. I loved it. But it's, it was like, but it's oh, cartoony. What are drugs? It's, oh, these are, these it are is drugs. It's cartoony, cartoony Andrew. It is. You're right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's parts of it that are really good and parts of it that are I just don't agree with. But that's, you know, uh, overall, like I told you. It's my favorite episode. So, it was a good scene, though. I did like him huffing the huffing the spice and just <laughs> geeking out. Um, so now this is a very important part of the episode, the ending here, where uh, Boba takes his um his um spirit walk. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Well, he gets he gets he gets a face full of, of he gets a face full of some kind of spice that the Tuscans use, which is what I was trying to like talk about earlier. Is the Tuscans are clearly have their own form of drugs, right? And then they have that lizard thing that goes up his nose, and he goes on his whole nature thing. So I'll let you take away from there. Can I point out the symbolism here? This is very, very Native American. This is literally like a book out of the Native American story. This is what Native Americans well, dances with wolves. Right. And it also, I believe it kind of points to the roots of uh, Boba Fett's actor, Tamora Morrison. He's a Maori. Yeah, he's a Maori. They're, they're very spiritual people. Um, Aboriginal kind of traditions. And I think this also points... Which is why he vibes with right, them. Right, exactly. So I think that's... It kind of it pays homage to his nationality his his heritage as well but yeah what about the, the little the little lizard thing that went up the nose that was wild dude like i thought it was just his pet lizard yeah like i thought he just got a pet yeah that whole scene actually reminds me a little bit of black panther yeah i can see that for sure so there's like the the scene in black panther where he goes into the spiritual plane to get his like powers and it reminds me of that a little bit because he's you know, the character Boba Fett is going out and into his own little spiritual likeness zone kind of thing. And he goes to the tree, right? And he's Walk all, about. He's, he's essentially reborn because we see the images of him in his old costume. Dude, I love that. The, the go back between the old costume and his current form and uh, the Sarlacc pet in the tree. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. It is a metaphorical death. It is a death of the old Boba Fett and a rebirth of whatever he is going to try to be now. And that's what that whole scene was about, ultimately, I think. And that's why I personally think that before this, he should have been a little bit angrier and a little bit more... Like, I understand the Stockholm Syndrome about it, but I think he I should agree. have been a little bit more disruptive. This scene should have come before the train. This this scene should have come halfway through this yes, episode. Yes, 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 yes. Even before the speeders. Yeah. Like, he should have done this, and then... He should have come out of his days walking into the speeders and like the the station, and then come back with the speeders. Personally, but yeah, I think I that would have been yeah, a good choice. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Andrew. You know, overall, I, my one gripe about this whole series so far is that Boba Fett's characterization seems a little inconsistent. Like, you know, yeah. we've known him from Empire Strikes Back as like a, this ruthless bounty hunter. But now he's like this benevolent, benevolent crime lord. I, okay, but he he is humbled. He is humbled. Yeah, as the, such, he's at his rock bottom. The Sarlacc pit yes. shook him. He got owned by a blind yeah, guy. The, yeah, the Sarlacc pit really changed him. That is that is really the That's start of true. all this. He was he was in the Sarlacc pit. 
He realizes something's got to give, something's got to change. And I think that's where his hatred for like Jabba kind of swells. And like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jabba the Hutt. Like none of this would have happened. And I, I think that's where that kind of starts. And then he's like, you know, I'm turning over a new leaf. And that's where the whole thing starts. He gets out. He's captured. The Jawas take his, like he's, he's armorless now. That was like his, it's from his dad. Yeah. The armor was from his dad, right? And that's the only thing he really has his name. That's the only thing to remember his dad by. It's gone now. He can't use his He's having to stuff. remake That's who part he of is. his visions, too. That's actually his dad as part of his visions. Yeah. Him being a child, episode two. Right. And that's where the journey starts. And this is where, like you guys have been saying, he takes his little spirit walk. And this is where he really kind of comes into his own. This is where he becomes the hero that that he is trying to be or striving to be. Or kind of, I don't know, I kind of see him more as an anti-hero myself at this point uh, in his present day um, activities. But we can get there later. I disagree. So while we're talking about his spirit walk, um, one thing that kind of stood out to me was that water and his vision. And um, so what, what do y'all think about that? It's Camino. Yeah. Or or it is a foresight to him finding that train that had the whole bunch of water, right? Because there's that scene where yeah, he they... breaks a part of the train oh, and the water shit. just and spills out. a whole out. bunch of water comes out. Yeah. Well, that, but this scene happens after that, so. Okay. What I'm trying to say is that the water is a metaphor for the fact that he is going to bring a rebirth and a resurgence to Tatooine. Water is life. Yeah. Right. Correct. Water yes. is organ is organic. It, it is the necessary component to have a society and have have growth. He is going to bring that to Tatooine, and that is what that water symbolizes. That's beautiful. I love that, man. <laughs> Diedrich, you touched me. You touched me the way Grant touched you, and Yoda never touched you. You know, that's how you just touched me. You can't prove anything. <laughs> <laughs> Grant, what were you saying? Yeah, a, a detail I noticed earlier, since we're talking about uh, water and rebirth and such, is that uh, the Tusken Raiders actually mentioned that Tatooine had oceans and stuff beforehand. It wasn't always a desert planet. That, that's so what I was wondering. Like, it was like an ecological thing. Yeah, it, it's like there's this trees. Could be you right. Know, there are trees after now. Everything dead. So it's kind of like um, with that water, that rebirth. Is it like bringing Tatooine back to its former glory before whatever travesty made it? The desert oasis. I think it's, not it is a symbolism for crime. Is. Yeah, I mean, I can see the symbolism. <laughs> yes, there was a tree. Hey, there was not a tree somewhere. Meant, there was a tree. Yeah, so we know that there was. There are trees. There are but was random it, scattered about. But was trees, it a real so tree, tree. or was so it a very, was it a real tree? Of course, or a spirit tree had to have been. Oh yeah, because no, that's he where brought back that's, a real branch. That's correct. Good question. But is it a branch from the spirit world of the Tuscan drugs? I don't know. Um, no, you're no. right. It's a real tree. It is a real tree. He had an acid trip, went out into nature, found a tree, grabbed a branch, and ran back. Okay, that's what happened, but he was led by the drugs. And the funny part about it is that the actual branch that he takes makes up about, I don't know, 30-40% of the actual gaff. Well, they add a metal. They, they, add, add, they add metal to the tip. They add a ton of metal. A so, ton of metal. So, uh, Boba Fett comes out of his spirit walk, and... Gives the lizard back t- through his nostrils. That was <laughs> nightmare fuel. His, his statement, Did yeah, I, his statement was ridiculous. It was just like I, 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 I was, so, I was disturbed. 
I was disturbed by that scene, yeah. okay? <laughs> like, it still haunts me. I've dreamed about it. It's creepy. So he comes out of the spirit walk, gives the lizard back like a nice <laughs> boba, and um, proceeds to make his gaffy stick. And this is a huge, I, huge moment. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. in that society, like, the gaffy staff is the katana. It is the medieval longsword. It is the representation of the warrior class. Like, he yeah. he is accepted into is this now, tribe, and now he, he is, is not only... He a, is Tuscan. Yeah. Yes. Which shows even more. And he, he appears to be an elite Tuscan because, like we mentioned before, he's wearing black yeah. robes, which is apparently only worn by elite Tuscans. Or so we infer. Oh, okay. That, so that brings me to my little theory, and I'll say it now. Every Tuscan, I, I think it seems to be the Tuscans with the black cloaking seem to be the chief, the top warrior, male or female, whatever it might be, and then that child. Do y'all, are there any others who wear black clothing that y'all remember? I don't think so. The child's a love child of the two, obviously. My, no, my, well, my theory I is that the chief, the chief is a, the, the matriarch of the patriarch, the warrior is the son or daughter, and the child is the granddaughter or grandson. No. Of, of, of I can see it. I, I disagree. I think it's more similar to what Grant is saying, but I don't think it's a quote-unquote obvious. I think that there's a leader. The leader is male. Uh, I think the leader makes decisions, is very mentally sound. I think that the female, just like with lions in the wild, is the hunter, the fighter, and the killer. And then I think that child, the one that does the signaling. Simba. Simba? Yes, I think that is Simba. I think that is the child of the two. I could be wrong. Pink pajamas, penguins on the bottom. I definitely don't think it's grandfather, you know, father, son. I think it's... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of burst your guys' bubble, and I'm going to go out and say this. I don't think we're going to find out. We Probably might not. not. I, think, I don't think we will, but that's why I think we're called Dork Wars, because we like to split hairs. That's right. I think I think we're going to just be disappointed. and never. I got all it. kinds of split ends right here. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I... I like the fact that three weeks ago I cared nothing about the Tuscan Raiders, and now I'm a Tuscan Raider fanboy. Creepy, creepy nostril lizards and all. We gotta talk about the dancing around the fire scene. Oh yes! Before we so end, so this it. is the very, the very end. We have the uh, the warrior, Boba, the, the yeah. Tuscan Raiders dancing around the fire first. It's the the warrior lady, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, she starts the dance. Well, there's a callback there, actually. It goes back to the training. That's right. If okay. you look, that the moves are from the training, and that's what he was learning to do without even realizing it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's why. So that that whole like five or ten minute scene, I can't remember how long it was. It's kind of tedious. I I watched this episode a couple of times and I skipped it. But it was setting up. But like, yes, he is exactly right. Those are those moves and that's why they were very particular about it because it's not about you actually kicking someone's butt. It's about you respecting their ancestry. Being a part of the culture. Being part of the tribe, yeah. And also so it reminded me of the scene in Avatar The Last Airbender where Zuko and Aang are doing the fire dance. Yeah. The dragon dance, yeah. the dragon yeah, dance yeah, yeah. right. 
I don't know. That if, was good. And then all, oh, I guess all the other the fire, not the fire nation, the fire tribe people. Yeah, that was a come good out. call out, Grant. That makes that's yeah, that's a good scene. So that brings us to the end of the Book of Boba Fett, Episode Two, Tribes of Tatooine. Our boy Boba Fett is now a part of a tribe on Tatooine. And I'm going to ask you guys one by one how you rate this episode. So we'll start with you, Grant. What do you give this episode? We're going to go on and lay down rules because the last couple times we've done ratings, we get different scales from different people. <laughs> so this is this is out one. Of ten. I mean, this is out of out five. Of ten. Out of ten. <laughs> no, just add a ten. Add a ten. If you want to do out I would of five, say times two. I messed up. I gotta go with oh, with um, only a six out of ten for for this episode. For me, boo. I'll say the first episode was a probably a four out of ten for me since I wasn't here for that one. So it's increasing. Jeez Louise, dude. Boo. And you like? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You liked the Bad yeah. Batch. I did. And you're gonna and you're gonna give uh, this crap. We're gonna fight. It's just something is missing for me, and until I, until I can see it and it's added, it, I don't know what it is. I'm I'm searching. I'm listening. So much was missing from the bad batch, but no, it's fine. It's great. It's a good show. I, I think I think the difference. Yeah, I'm going to go with what Andrew's saying. Is like it, it does have some of the cartoony feel, and the reason I was okay with it with the bad batch. The bad batch exactly. was a cartoon. <laughs> bad batch was a cartoon. That's why it was okay, but this is not. I yeah, I feel what he's talking about, but at the same time, Grant, can't you agree that any time that you've had like a major gripe, that we've at least had a somewhat successful counter argument? Yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely counter arguments that make sense, and I, I hear it and understand it. And I do enjoy talking about the episode. I do enjoy the episode, but I'm thinking larger picture, basing off of what I've seen from different Star Wars shows, aka The Mandalorian and such. I'm only going to say this is a six out of ten because if I just put it on a, a scale of what am I comparing it to? To me, it's Mandalorian's the standard right now, so I'm saying six out of ten. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Wesley, out of ten. Or out of five times two. <laughs> what do you give uh, the Mandalorian episode two, Tribes of Tatooine? Out of five, let's give it a four times two. That's an Ooh. eight out of ten. And I give it minus one wombat as well <laughs> because, I, like I said earlier, I don't like the characterization of Boba Fett. It seems a little inconsistent. Oh, um, my gosh. Let's talk about inconsistent <laughs> characterizations <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Keep going, Wes. I I like but, it. I like it. Oh well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to focus on the negative. Let's talk about the positive, man. I, you know, I like that. It seems like a very Dune like episode. That was cool to me, and uh, I really enjoyed seeing Black Crescenton. That was that was awesome. And you know, the twin huts. I I think, and I like the different the the layers of depth this episode offered across across the board so cool episode i liked it um eight out of ten your boy wesley is a dune fanboy and i get it so um andrew and i'm definitely gonna call you out on this because last time you were the one that broke broke my scale i'm gonna go with uh, uh 4.5 <laughs> 4. times two or is it a 4.5 uh, 4. 5 out of 5 um and I'm going to do this specifically <laughs> because 
I kind of agree with everybody here. I, I I agree with Grant. I mean, I've mentioned it multiple times. I think there are very cartoonish elements of this episode. Uh, I also feel that this episode is, so far, the most important. Well, I mean, it's been two episodes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> this is the most important. So it's like, it's kind of difficult for me right now. I, I think pre-entire season being released, I'm going to give this a nine. I think that the choice of doing 10 to 15 minutes of intro of common of, of modern times was a great idea because there really wasn't a lot for them to expand into until they released all of this information that they released for the first 15 minutes. And then for the last two or three quarters of the show, I think it was great to focus on the sand people. I think making the sand people actual people, the Tuscan Raiders, actual someone that like a race that we care about, uh, a group of people that we actually want to see exist and survive was very important. It was like introducing a reason for the bad guys to not be bad. Right. With that being said, I there there's a few couple different issues that I do have, but mostly like Grant said, there are some very cartoonish elements. So nine out of ten, I'm not gonna get a perfect score. All right. So Andrew, nine out of ten, like the episode, minus one for uh cartoony elements. So Dietrich. Now to you, sir. I think nine out of ten. It is. It is my favorite. It's my favorite thing that Disney has done for a show. Is literally my favorite thing they've ever done, and I'll probably include that even with the Luke scene from Mandalorian. I'm about to say that. That was yeah. Mandalorian so, was good. That's probably my second. I loved this because of the depth they went into with the Tuscans. It was the first time in a long time I felt that sense of genuine wonder that I felt as a child watching <laughs> Star Wars, and that is what yes. Star Wars is all about. Yes, good point. Dude, good yes. point. So I will disagree wholeheartedly with Grant. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have a brawl. I think this is one of the best things they've produced. Period. It reminded me of Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So would you? No. Would you yeah. Get a nine out of ten. No. A hundred percent. Look. All right. Nine all out of right. ten. From now on. Okay. I'm just gonna um, refer to Dietrich for my score. I don't even care. He's always agreed with me. All of this <laughs> makes perfect sense. What did Dietrich say? Did he say ten out of ten? I said nine out, out of ten. ten. The, okay. the only thing I would give ten out of ten, I would give ten, 10 out of ten to out. the probably original Star Wars and Episode Three. Okay. Oh, let me break it down. Uh, that's like the only thing I would I would give uh, like. Let's do a six out of ten for the music because the audio we pointed out multiple times was uh, misleading. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Hold on. There are several instances in Star Wars where that happens, and it never it's, has been right, brought up right, right. as a problem <laughs> until right. now, until just now. Why is I'm there sorry, a problem I'm now, Andrew? <laughs> I, I thought I <laughs> we could we could look at any movie, and I could point out a a like a, a time where the sound does not quite match what we're seeing. Grant and Diedrich have to be on opposing sides of liking the show because in Bad Batch, <laughs> Grant loved it. Diedrich was just like, eh, don't really like it, and the rest of us kind of fell somewhere in between them. And it sounds like now that Grant is not digging Book of Boba Fett, Diedrich is heavily digging. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, and the rest of us are just somewhere in the middle. Um, so for my rating... You know, giving it a 6 out of 10 means I hate it, obviously. Well, <laughs> well just the way you describe it, you're definitely on the lower end of the spectrum from the rest of us. It's not that you hated it, it's just that I would give a and 6 gave, out of 10 But you to... gave the first... But you gave... 
Yeah. Spin- I would have first episode a four out of ten. The first yeah. episode for me was just I don't know. The first episode just felt s- slow-ish in places, and it just for my episode. Every other episode of the Bad Batch, by the way, was slow. <laughs> So Blake, what what is your rating you, of this you guys, episode? For for people who want to get through this episode, y'all sure do love breaking it down. <laughs> which is great. Which is great. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna give this episode an eight out of ten. Maybe not. Nah, it's, I'm I'm so you know what? I'm with Diedrich. Let's give it a nine out of ten, baby. Nine out of ten for the Book of Boba Fett episode two. Uh, I love the story. The first part of the story where we're in the present, it sets up a lot of great things. We get the big reveal of Black Chrysanthemum, and we get to see the two huts, which are new characters, and they set up a really good story for the present. Cannot wait to see what happens. In the past, we see amazing West... Can't wait to watch Dune 2. (laughs) (laughs) In the past flashbacks... We get to see the Western train fighting action. We got all our good action. The humanization of the Tusken Raiders, who I've pointed out the la- for three weeks ago. I didn't care about the Tusken Raiders. I do now. I love seeing um, a deep dive into their culture, what they're about. They're not just inhuman creatures who like to kill people. They have tradition. They have honor. They have respect. And it's great to see that. They have claim to the Dune Sea, and anybody who steps on it can get theirs. You know That's right, a hundred percent. Seeing Boba Fett's transformation, he's he's come such a long way, and we see that development in the flashback scenes. That's what we're getting from these flashback scenes: where Boba Fett has been, how he became the respectful leader that he is now, the journey, and I'm I'm loving every bit of it. I'm loving this series. And I, you know, we we talked about uh, comparing it to the Mandalorian. The first episode of the Mandalorian was good, but it wasn't great until the end when you see little baby Yoda Grogu, right? That that episode was kind of so so up until you see baby Grody, uh, baby Yoda Grogu. And yeah, but what what is what is the comparison for Book of Boba Fett to that? You know that because that reveal the first episode lets you. Okay, there's no equivalent to the Boba. There's no equivalent. There is no equivalent to the Baby Yoda reveal, but we're seeing a very similar story where the first episode is a lot of information. It's a lot of different stuff, and you guys just don't like it. The second episode, in my opinion, has always been the best. If I remember correctly, the second episode of Mandalorian is the armor episode. Yes, because he gets the uh, steel. Yes, that's correct. He gets that. Uh, that Mandalorian That Beskar. is my favorite scene of all of Mandalorian. Yeah. And like I said, and in this episode, you get the reveal of Black Chrysanthemum. You have the two new huts who are marvelous characters. I think they'll become really good characters. Um, it's, it's set up a lot of good stuff. And are these reveals as good as the Grogu reveal? No. Yoda's, uh, baby Yoda Grogu is such a special character that his his reveal was always going to be... I don't care what show you put it in. You could have put that sucker into Bad... Nah, don't put it into Bad Batch. Never mind. Um, <laughs> you could have... Well, that show Dinosaurs. <laughs> Not the mama. Omega. Omega. Not, Not the, the mama. mama. But to kind of reel it in here, 
I really like where the show's going, and I know there are some people on the fence out there. Just hang with it. I promise you that Disney will not disappoint. And John Favreau, we trust. So with that, let's turn it over to Master Jedi Yoda. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Tradition, the word of the week is. <laughs> so, Master Yoda, tradition. Um, I guess we're talking about the Tusken Raiders. We see a lot of their tradition, a lot of their heritage, their training, Boba Fett. And we, we got some really good background into the Tuscans. <clears throat> yes, the tradition of the Tuscans. Never have I studied them very much. Mm. Uncivilized. Creepy creatures. Nostril lizards. Mm. So, uh, up to this point, Master, uh, I'm assuming that you didn't care for the Tuscans either, much like the rest of us. Mm. No. But, watching their growth, great it is. So, uh, Master Yoda, what are some of your traditions? Hmm. The Jedi Code. The Jedi Way. Touching people. In their hearts. Well, you, you didn't have to have such a long pause there, Master Yoda. That was kind of jarring. Uh, but anyways. And with that, we end another great episode of Dork Wars the Podcast. Don't forget to like our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out our link tree where you can find all of our stuff everywhere we are and our merch store. So with that, thank you. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars the Podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars the Podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... Chris Santa. It's just a black-suited Santa. <laughs> like, what up? Here's a present. Production.